Welcome to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Nolwyn Sefuentes. Nolwyn has worked with clients such as Rolling Stone, Time Magazine, Wired, and Airbnb, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Nolwyn about a recent assignment for Rolling Stone and how she approaches editorial portrait shoots. I also speak to Nolan about her experience photographing weddings and how she went on to pursuing a career working with magazines and commercial clients. In this interview, I also speak to Nolan about her recent cover shoot for Entertainment Weekly with actor Sasha Baron Cohen. Nolan was recently honored as one of the 30 new and emerging photographers to watch in 2020. So I was really excited to get a chance to speak with her about her journey with photography. So I hope you enjoy and thanks so much for listening. All right. Well, Nolan uh, Sofuentes, welcome to the podcast. Excited to talk to you. Um, but I guess to start off, I was just kind of curious. We're about a month into the new year. Um, how's the year been uh, starting off for you? What have you been working on lately? Uh, it's been going good so far. I had a few jobs in January. February's kind of slow, but I'm just like taking the time to work on some personal projects. I'm like beauty, building a beauty portfolio. So just taking the time to like shoot some personal work and edit some other things and uh i'm actually also working on writing a short film so just yeah it's kind of nice like i'm i feel like i'm in a place where when things get slow i don't panic anymore and i can just you know focus on other things that's good at least there's one of us out there (laughs) (laughs) um i I feel like i'm always every year around january i don't know what it's like on the west coast but on the east coast i feel like there's this there's the holidays and then there's this like a a little slow period until it gets stuff kind of going. It, it's kind of similar to you out there pretty much. I feel like it's kind of the same. Yeah. I think the new year, it's always a little bit slower. And then like maybe towards the end of the winter, it starts picking up more. No doubt. Yeah. I saw recently, I think you did a little uh, shoot for Rolling Stone uh, photographing uh, filmmaker, uh, uh, Chloe Zhao. Um, I'll pull it up. People can look at it. It was, it came mm-hmm. out really nice. Um, how did Thank that kind you. of come about for you? And what was kind of your approach to that shoot? Um, yeah, so that came about, I've actually been, oh, I saw Joe um, Rodriguez was on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, last week. Long ago. Yeah, last week. Okay, nice. So he's the one who got me this project. I've been kind of building a relationship with him for a while now. Um, and he hired me to shoot something else. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, he hired me to shoot something else before and then like, just sent me to shoot Chloe and which was awesome because I love her films it's actually like you know the type of work that I would want to get into when I if and when I get into filmmaking so um yeah this was a really cool shoot for like a shoot like this like how much time did you get with her and like are you someone do you kind of go with the plan of like how you want to shoot it or how did you kind of approach this portrait session um I feel like every shoot I approach it differently just depending on like what it is, who it is, you know, how much budget there is for it and stuff. For this one, um, it was just me. I didn't have an assistant or anything. It was in Ojai near her home. So I got there. I've never been to Ojai before and I've heard it's amazing. So I got there really early. Like I think I got there like four hours early or something just to check out the town and like get lunch there. But I basically just like kind of went to her where she lived and then just started driving around and like walking around and just di- finding different spots. And this image here was this like a aban- I think it was like an abandoned 
bowling alley or something. Um, and just this whole location was really cool and had all this nice texture. And then by the time we photographed her, it was golden hour. Oh, light. yeah. You so guys got that California golden hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I requested that. I was like, can we please shoot during magic hour? <laughs> wow. So you guys, you, you kind of this were kind of wandering around and kind of stumbled upon this location or you kind of scouted before? Or? I just stumbled upon this location like a couple hours before the shoot. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it came out nice. Um, Thank you. But I guess to go back, I was just kind of curious, like where you grew up and like how you kind of discover photography, I guess. Um, I grew up in Merino Valley, which is um, in the desert. It's in the Inland Empire. So it's okay. like, uh, 60 miles east of L.A. And um, but my family, my father's from Colombia and my mom is French and they both um, immigrated here. But I was born here and then came to L.A. Yeah, in 2008. So I actually came to L.A. I went to UCLA. Um, I was a transfer student. So I just did like two years at UCLA and I was doing graphic design at the time. Like that's what I was studying. That's kind of what I thought. I didn't really like graphic design that much, but it just made sense as like a good career move to me. Definitely. Um, I was like, I think this is like a normal job <laughs> that I could do. <laughs> and um but before that, I was really into photography and filmmaking and even painting, just like all kinds of different artistic mediums. Mm-hmm. So I thought graphic design made sense. But then I actually got a job in graphic design right after I graduated. And I realized, oh, I don't like this at all. What were you, what were you doing? <laughs> it was kind of, I was still working at UCLA for their film and television department and just doing like helping build their website or like creating flyers or I was. Um, designing like the email blasts and stuff so it wasn't like super creative graphic design type of stuff but it was also just like the sit like we were in a cubicle you know it's kind of the nine to five and just the environment of like everyone there just we were waiting to retire yeah we're just so excited for their retirement <laughs> yeah. yeah a lot I mean I've worked at definitely a bunch of corporate jobs like that and, and mm-hmm. they kind of a lot of times it can't be that creative like some places are for sure but then a lot of it can just kind of get repetitive it's just like they got their formula right. they kind of stick to the same creative kind of whatever they're doing so it can right monotonous i guess yeah it gets very boring and also <laughs> just felt like i'm there from nine i think i was there from like nine to five thirty or nine to six yeah it was nine to six because then you get like an hour break or something and I was like, I don't need to be here this long. Like most of the time, I'm just like, don't have anything to do. And I'm just staring, yeah. you know, at a screen. Like I felt like I was in the movie office space. <laughs> like I really relate to this. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I've, I just, been, <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. So I decided like, I don't want to live this life. But I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I kind of just decided to do wedding photography because I had heard you can make a lot of money doing it. And I had bought a, I think I had a Canon T2i at the time. I just like had this camera. So I thought, well, maybe I'll do weddings. Is that the one that um, got a little pop-up flash on it, right? I think it had the pop-up flash. Yeah. I love, a good sure. pop- it was a very I love the one. pop-up flash, you know? That's those, true. <laughs> yeah. It's a good like party Why cam. Not? I love those cameras. That's true. It's like quick and easy. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I got into weddings and like, I mean, I think the first, I just like hit up some wedding photographer and asked if I could second shoot for him for free. Mm-hmm. And I did. And I'm pretty sure like none of the shots were exposed correctly or in focus. <laughs> just started like learning a skill that way yeah. and then quit my job. Um, 
thought I was going to become this like big wedding photographer. And then as the more weddings I shot, I realized, well, I don't like shooting weddings either. (laughs) 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 This is also very boring. So just kind of back like, well, crap, I feel kind of lost. And, um, and then trying different kinds of things. Like I was working in film, doing like a production coordinating. I also was a second camera assistant on a lot of different like music videos and just sort of dipping my feet everywhere. Not really sure what I wanted to do. Um, and then somehow I got into shooting stills for music videos. I think it was just, I had a lot of friends who were in filmmaking and I was doing a lot of this like second assistant camera work. And, you know, I'd like bring a camera sometimes and just like take little pictures. And um, one of my best friends, she's a really great director and she was directing a short film. This I forget what year this would have been, but maybe like 2013 or something. And I asked if I could um, shoot stills on her short. And I did, and it ended up being really cool. And I, that was the first time I was like, oh, I actually like, this was kind of fun. I like doing this. So I started shooting a lot more still, like behind the scenes stuff. Um, and then I went on this big road trip by myself in 2015. And I brought my camera and I, I had a 35 millimeter film camera. It's like a Canon Rebel EOS. Yeah. And just taking, at the time I was just taking like some landscapes and like self portraits. And that really felt like very freeing and very exciting. And um, and I finally felt like, oh, I really found something I enjoy. And it's and it's a, it's still photography, but it's like a style, like something within photography that I really like. So then just start, I ended up self-publishing a book of that road trip and like started sending that out to different editors and then just started creating more personal work, got a website up that was, you know, kind of more, it had a lot of the stills, the BTS stuff, but then also just like shooting my friends or like finding models on like Model Mayhem and doing little photo shoots with them. And um, so just created a book, like a body of work that way. That's kind of how it all started. Just and you kind of just, did you ever take like photo class or do you pretty much just kind of trial and error kind of taught yourself pretty much? It was fully trial and error. I'm now starting like, cause the, it's been slow. So I've been taking a lot of creative live classes, but. Um, how is that? So I never, is it good? It's really cool. You, there's so many great, I got the creator pass. So it's like one year for $150 and you get so many classes. So um, it's really good. It's really, really, really cool for different lighting. They have business classes, posing class, like all kinds of different photography classes. Yeah. So I feel like I'm kind of, there's, you know, I've definitely, most of my career has been trial and error. I did do a little bit of photo assisting too. So I learned through that, but most of it's been trial and error. And now I'm like, okay, well now I want to really get super technical and understand, you know, just finesse the things that I've learned through my own yeah. yeah, I was I was using uh, another uh, one of those like creative websites. It was uh, the one that's owned by like Microsoft now. It's called like Linda. Like Linda? 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of yeah. There was like so many like when I, yeah, same thing. If I had like free time, I was I was trying to learn how to do like video editing and stuff. And I was right. like thinking back, I was like, man, I could have just got my college degree on YouTube or something. You know? I know <laughs> you totally can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let me learn. But yeah. I think like hearing how you went about it is somewhat similar to me. I uh, it's just kind of dabbling in a lot of different types of photography. Like I did, I went the same route. Like it literally, I was like, oh, you can make money doing wedding photography. And I'm <laughs> doing like, I literally went to those like trade shows and like set up a booth. And was, I did that. I totally did that. 
but it, honestly i didn't enjoy it but it actually i did learn something from it because you were mm-hmm. you're literally there trying to sell yourself and there's like a million brides right. coming in and you're like hey talk to me sign up for a free <laughs> yeah. engagement session you know i did so many of that but i mean i think that it says something like just it's important to just kind of dabble and try different stuff and see what you like and see what you don't like you know Right. Yeah. Just be curious. I think I also, like you said, with the wedding stuff, I learned a lot about business. I think a lot of photographers don't focus on the business side so much. Yeah. But I think I learned a lot that, about that because I was running my own business, you know, doing weddings. So yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And I guess like, cause looking at your work now, you do a lot of editorial, you do commercial, um, do some motion work. Um, was that kind of always your goal to shoot for like magazines and that type of work? Or how did you kind of get into that world? I think like when I started really more focusing on the type of photography that felt good to me. So like after this road trip and then after the road trip, you know, just doing more and more personal projects, I definitely wanted to do magazine work. Like that was kind of my like big goal and all the photographers that I really looked up to, they were all doing like editorial. So that was really what I was focusing on in the beginning. And I love doing editorial and, um, want to always continue doing editorial but sort of recently have realized there's like a cap on how much money you can make doing Facts. editorial <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm really pushing more towards commercial work and I think that you can still be just as creative and um and actually even having more money to make the type of work that's more you know you can get more lighting you can get a bigger crew you can you just have a little bit more opportunities and possibilities when there's more money involved yeah so um yeah now my goal is to just like really focus more in the commercial world and motion too i'm really interested in like filmmaking and directing as well yeah and you get more money you can actually spend money on yeah. personal projects you want to do and it helps kind of feed it's like i look at it like it's like exactly. a whole it's like watering different plants and you're trying to make them all mm-hmm. grow that's kind of how okay <laughs> so, yeah exactly um who were kind of some of your favorite photographers early on like people's work you're kind of looking at i guess when you started when i started that's a good question I can't remember everyone that I liked when I started. I mean, some of the classic photographers were like Annie Leibovitz, um, uh, Philip Lorca de Corsia. Oh, yeah, legend. Um, yeah, legend. Yeah, he was amazing. Like Vivian Meyer. I liked a lot of the street photographers, too. Um, I kind of tried to do street photography for a while, but that was another thing that I was like, I don't like this. What, what, <laughs> like, did, I, what did you like I about it? I feel like it's so... Um, aggressive like to take a photo of someone when they haven't consented to it um to me i i really love a lot of work that other street photographers do and i i don't think there's anything wrong with it but just like me doing it didn't feel good like i just felt like i don't feel like i'm connecting with this person i feel like this person is now mad at me I don't like that well it's like so. tough because you don't have like uh i think this the reason i like i do a lot of editorial portraiture myself and there's an element you have control over it. you're picking like what light you want to use where right. you want the person to stand and you have some like level of control to a certain degree you know mm-hmm. whereas like yeah, street, exactly. street photography it's like you don't know what you're gonna get it's like i mean hats off to those guys like i don't know if you ever seen that dude bruce gilden uh, he says, yeah yeah that guy i can't i mean <laughs> He just gets right up in people's faces with a flash. And he's just like, and people get mad at him. He's like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Um, 
I guess when you started working with like magazines and stuff, like how are you kind of getting your name out there? Because I think, you know, a lot of people listening, uh, they might have goals of shooting for like Rolling Stone or Time and all these great mm-hmm. publications you've worked for. But how do you kind of when you're first starting out, get your name in the door? What kind of work for you, I guess? So, yeah, I mean, like we were saying earlier with the whole wedding stuff, like I feel like I learned marketing and business and I really brought that into like the whole editorial thing. So I was just always cold emailing editors, like always cold emailing, trying to get meetings, pitching ideas. Um, One of the first things I ever got published was for Dazed. And it was just like a story, like a very street style story of like this young homeless man that I was just follow, like I followed him for several weeks and um, took his pictures. And then even though this, I kind of felt later, like maybe this whole approach was a little problematic, but that is how I got like my first published was I, um, or how I first got published was this story, just pitching it to a magazine editor. Yeah. Um, and a lot of different things. Yeah. Just, just constantly reaching out to people. And also the first time I got a cover, so the first cover I ever shot was Nancy Pelosi for yeah. New York Times Magazine. Not a, <laughs> yeah, hey, not a bad place to start. Not a bad <laughs> place to <laughs> <Yeah>. start. <laughs> and now I got that. I mean, this definitely doesn't happen often, but it does, like, this is how you get your work out there and build relationships. I basically emailed the editor, Stacey Baker at New York Times Magazine. I don't, she's not there anymore, but at the time she was there and asked her for a meeting. I just told her, Hey, I'm coming to New York. Um, you know, I'd love to meet with you, um, show you some of my work. And she called me that day and said, do you want to shoot this cover for us? (laughs) (laughs) It's just kind of like, I, you know, obviously that's not something that happens often, but right place, right time. Right place, right time. You just have to put yourself out there. I I think it was Will Ferrell said in like some graduation speech, speech, like just throw darts at the wall and just keep throwing them. And like one of them will stick, you know, I feel like, I mean, I I don't know, maybe you feel like this sometimes because there's like as a freelance photographer, you're working freelance, you never know when your next job's coming. There's days and weeks where it feels like nothing's happening. But I always just try to remind myself like, just keep reaching out to people mm-hmm. and like you're kind of going back kind of corny I keep saying but like water in those seeds and it's like you never know when you're gonna get that call back because like mm-hmm. I don't know there's definitely weeks where I just get like bummed out there's nothing happening oh, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> am I ever gonna work again but I just have to remind myself keep showing up and keep right. sending those emails pretty much right yeah exactly and just like keep nurturing relationships you know like the relationships you're not going to just get a job right away from like the first person you email, like that person might email you back and be like, Oh, cool. I like that. You know, can you post it? And then maybe you follow them on Instagram and then you guys just like start becoming friends. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe a year after you first email them, then they'll commission something for you. So now it's with, like a process. Yeah, definitely. It's a lot of patience with this cover for the New York times magazine with Nancy Pelosi. Um, did the magazine give you a lot of direction on what they wanted or what was kind of your approach with this shoot, I guess. It's kind of a great story. So they actually gave me a lot of direction and it wasn't what you're seeing at all. Okay. It was they had me hire a fake Nancy Pelosi because th- we shot this in San Francisco um so they flew me out to San Francisco but I was in LA Mm -hmm. so they had me hire a fake Nancy Pelosi in LA and do a whole test shoot and it was like a back a gray backdrop closed tight shot on her and just kind of different you know angles of a tight shot that was supposed to be the cover 
Yep. And so we did this whole test shoot. We then we get to this is the Presidio in San Francisco and set up the seamless shot, everything. And then I think it was the editor who noticed this um, curtain. She was just like, oh, this curtain is kind of nice. Like, why don't we throw some, why don't we like do a shot here? I was like, oh yeah, this looks great. And like, look at the chair, like this chair, like all of this, like this color palette is really nice. Um, and then we kind of got nervous because it was, we only were supposed to have like 20 minutes with her, but we're supposed to get like the seamless shot, then drive to the Golden Gate Bridge and get a shot of her there and like try to fit this one in. Holy cow. So- yeah, that's tough. <laughs> like, good luck G- getting, a, getting a subject to show up to one location, but then drive to the second one. Wow. In like 20 minutes. Yeah. So my editor was like, okay, but this shot against the curtain, like we can cut it if we don't have time. I, was mm-hmm. like, oh, I think it's going to be really good. And then Nancy Pelosi shows up in this outfit. We didn't know what she was going to wear at all. And it's like, whoa, this perfectly matches the background. So it was yeah, just like- all just very serendipitous. Like the whole plan that we had tested before didn't even make it in the magazine at all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so- yeah, that's, see, that's yeah. the fun thing about editorial. Editorial, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's going to happen when you show up? And uh, do you do you enjoy that like collaboration with photo editors and kind of like sharing ideas? Is that like a process you like? I love that. Yeah, I really love like what I love about photography and editorial is like that process of collaboration. Like collaborating, you know, maybe it's with the editor, maybe it's with the talent themselves, you know, or hair, makeup, styling, like whoever it is. Like I feel like it's a team effort. It's not just it's not just like my vision like it had it can be way greater if it's if it's a collaboration and I'm not like narrow-minded stuck in my head and and when you're photographing someone like Nancy Pelosi who's been photographed a a bunch of times by different photographers are are you someone who does a lot of research will you look at like other photographs that have been taken of her like how do you kind of prepare for like a shoot like this I guess yeah, definitely do some research. I, I think the main research I try to do when I photograph anyone is, you know, I try to do my best to figure out like, what's their vibe? What's their energy? You know, do they have a bunch of like selfies of themselves, like, you know, looking glamorous? Or are they like much more reserved and like, don't really like taking their picture? You know, what's their energy as much as I can find, you know, there's only so much you can kind of find on the internet about that. But just really trying to find their energy. And that helps me just create an idea and concept for them. Um, yeah. No, it's cool. So when you're first starting out, like you're, you're kind of building your name and kind of you, lucky shot that awesome cover. Like, how do you keep it going? Like, you know, getting one job's one thing, but this, that's like, the, that's the real feat is like keeping the train moving and like keeping it going. Like how, how do you kind of keep building your name where did you do any like uh uh, like uh, print mailers or anything like that or how do you how do you keep this engine going that's yeah I mean it's funny because after I shot the Nancy Pelosi shoot in my head I was like that's it I'm famous <laughs> like I'm gonna have just like people just like won't even there'll be too many emails like yeah. and that did not happen at all it was basically just back to crickets mm-hmm. <laughs> afterwards and um and now I've learned that and I understand that like I shot her, I think it was, it was 2016. So it's like the, that work that I did in 2016, that's what's getting me work today in 2021. Yeah, You know, it's like a long thing. And, 
Yeah, I'm definitely, I did, I used to do print mailers. I don't really do them anymore because I feel like it was expensive. And honestly, the thing that I do that works the best is just send out a personal email. Yeah, definitely. So like some, either someone I want to work with or someone that I've worked with before and I'm just kind of showing them new work or something. So now I'm really just doing that. Um, but yeah, I've done everything. I've done like the email blast, the print mailers, like all, all of it. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's just like low, kind of lowering your expectations and knowing that it's everything you do is, is important and it's going to bring you closer to, you know, the career that you envision for yourself, but it's going to take a lot longer than it's not like the one job is going to get you everything. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm coming with all these cheesy uh, quotes, but what do they say? It's, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I always have to, it really is. Yeah. It's like, you have to think of it like, okay, this is going to be the rest of my life, you yep. know? So I don't need to get it all today. Yeah, definitely. I just want to, any way I can do it, just keep shooting pictures and not have to go working back at retail again. If I can just. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. that's i keep i keep a low bar as long as whatever they want me to shoot dudes in offices whatever i don't care <laughs> um, but one thing i'm always curious about like as a photographer did it kind of take you out to kind of find your voice or your kind of style or aesthetic like is that something you think about a lot just the the, the style and approach i guess of your work yeah i mean i feel like i'm still trying to find that out like I feel like, you know, at first I was trying the whole more street documentary type of thing. And then I didn't feel like me because the same thing where I'm like, I don't really feel that joyful doing this. And I want to like do something where I have more of a connection with the person and, and light things. Like I just want to have more like creative control. So then I started doing more of that. And then it's like the way I edit things has kind of changed where at first it was a lot more muted and like desaturated. Now I like more color and like saturation, but now I'm kind of like, well, maybe I want to go back to the desaturated. <laughs> so I feel like it's, it's just always this like process. Um, but what I've learned in terms of like finding my voice is first of all, just narrowing things down, like really just being to me, it's like, I'm, really want to focus on portraiture like that's my thing like I'm not really interested in doing lifestyle I'm not interested in doing like I don't know product photography or whatever else it's just like specifically portraiture mm -hmm. and also just when I'm shooting something really trying to feel like really trying to tune into how I feel and think like am I joyful right now is this something that's making me happy and if it is then okay well then I just need to do more of that and if it's not then well, I should just not do that anymore. And that's kind of, I think the more you narrow down, the more you can find your style. Yeah, definitely. And do you feel like, do you have to like pay attention to like photo trends that you see going on out there? Or do you kind of just try to block all that out? Because as you know, with like social media and stuff, you, you see so many different people's work and it's like, I don't know, sometimes it can go in these like rabbit holes of like <laughs> being like, should I be doing that? Should I be doing that? Or you try to just kind of block it out and kind of do your thing pretty much. I definitely go into rabbit holes. <laughs> I'm a pretty big social media addict, like probably to a fault. Yep. Um, and yeah, I see a lot of trends. And then I do think that like, oh my gosh, should I be doing that? And then I'll try it. And, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of my work is me sort of trying, like there was like the whole star filter thing. Yep. And I tried some of that and like color gels and then just like more like classic black and white. And I've kind of tried it all. And 
to me, I think, I mean, I'm okay with it. I think it's fine to like try out the trends. Like if it's exciting and fun and like you like what it looks like, like why not try it out and see if, um, and see if you like doing it and if it works, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the more I'm shooting, like this year has been obviously really tough the past year with the pandemic. I've probably shot the least amount of personal work that I've done mm-hmm. like in my life, but it's like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I don't know about you, but like the more I shoot, like if I got pro- personal projects going or whatever, it's like momentum. But anytime I have this lull and I feel like, like right now I'm in this period where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> like, it's, right. you know what I mean? But I don't um, know. Yeah, really- I feel like, I feel like lately, I actually, I was really busy in 2020, which I'm really grateful for. Mm-hmm. And then this year, it sort of started to slow down, at least this month. But now I'm just like really into fitness and eating healthy. And I'm just trying to have like a bigger, like broader life that's like not just about my photography work. Oh, yeah. And like feel fulfilled as like, a, you know, as a full human. Yeah, I think like, I don't know if you ever feel like this. I feel like I feel like I work hard. But I, no matter how hard you work, there's always a sense of like, sh- I could be doing more or something. Right. Because you look at, I'm like, I'm like, oh, is Art Schreiber and like Joe Pug, are these dudes just working 24 hours a day? And like, is that what I should right. be doing? But who knows? Maybe he's just like chilling on the couch some days. You never know. But I kind of think like, no matter, I don't just have this feeling of like, am I doing enough? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. But, I definitely feel like I used to feel like that a lot. But now, but I think that too, like, we don't know how much these people are working. We just know that they're posting a lot on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Back they could the... just be looking through their archives. Exactly. And posting old stuff. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I gotta get, I gotta get control of my mind. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, uh, one shoot I was excited to talk to you about. You shot another cover for Time of Kamala Harris. I was kind of curious your experience photographing her. Um, had you had you worked with Time previous to that shoot? That was my first shoot with time. Wow. Actually, I like the way you're doing it. You go straight cover. Yeah. You just go straight cover. New York Times Magazine cover. First shoot, time cover. To the co- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. That's how you got to do it. Yeah. Uh, but how's your kind uh, Yeah, they reached out to me. I think they saw the... No, I, was gonna say, I think they saw the Nancy Pelosi shoot. Um, okay. I'm pretty sure that that's... They just found me. So they weren't someone I had been like reaching out to I mean I'm sure I have I had sent them some work but they weren't like a relationship that I had been nurturing or anything mm-hmm. and that was Paul Moakley yeah he reached out to me um just saying hey do you want to shoot Kamala Harris for the cover <laughs> oh my gosh yes yeah. um and yeah that was a cool experience it was all I mean it was the same thing we had like 20 minutes with her um there was a little bit of creative direction they I had another image that was sort of similar that they wanted me to do a similar thing with so we had like yeah this like backdrop Mm -hmm. um so we did this look and then there's another look that we did of her against blue super simple we just shot this like in an office in downtown and uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I did not know she was going to be the vice president. She was just ru- she was running for president and shortly after dropped out of the race. So in my mind, I was like, oh, OK, well, yeah. we won't hear from her again. <laughs> and, and with these shoots where you don't have a lot of time, do you kind of have like uh, like poses, you know, you want to try? Like, did you know you wanted her to pose like this? Do you kind of like map it out or like have like some people have like mood boards and stuff or like how did you kind of approach th- this shoot, I guess? 
I always have on every, almost every shoot. The one with Chloe Zhao, I didn't have so much of a mood board. But for this one, yeah, I always try to have a mood board, like a basic idea of like, okay, we knew we were gonna do something with her on the table, um, like hands on the table. We knew we were gonna have her standing in front of this, sitting in front of this, and then like sitting in front of the blue. So it's kind of like, okay, here's like, you know, four or five different sort of posing ideas. And then within that, I kind of just feel out her energy. Like I asked her to do something. I had actually asked her to put her hand up to her face mm -hmm. and she did not like that. She said, okay. no, I'm, that's going to make me look perplexed. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, well, we don't have to do that then. You know, and in the moment are you, when she says that, are you like just kind of rolling with the punches? Are you kind of like, how do you remember feeling at that point? It, Cause it's like, as a photographer, you have like your creative idea of what you want to execute, but then it, like, it's still a collaboration with the subject. Like, what do you kind of remember about that shoot? I think you have to let go of your creative vision because at the end of the day, you're trying to represent this person and you know, the best way that you can. Mm -hmm. um, so and when she told me she didn't want to do that, I was instantly like, well, let's not do that. Yeah. There's sometimes where I try to push someone where I'm just like, um, maybe feeling that it could be really cool, but maybe they're self-conscious or yeah, there's some moments depending on the energy of the person where I'm like, well, let's just try it and uh, see what, see what happens. But if someone really doesn't want to do something or doesn't want to do a pose, I'm not going to push them to do it. You know, I think it's, you have to be respectful of, of how that person wants to be seen and represented. Yeah. It's kind of reading the room and having respect for your subject and, just kind mm -hmm. of rolling with those punches um another project i'll pull it up i was interested in talking to you about is one of your personal projects uh i might be pronouncing this wrong miss kala uh which i believe this uh in spanish is mixture correct right mezcla yeah mezcla. Yeah, mix, mixed um how long you've been working on this project and what was kind of your goal with these portraits I actually didn't shoot any of this last year. Um, I think just because of the pandemic or I don't know, but I had been shooting these for about two years before that, from like 2018 to 2019. And yeah, I mean, basically, so this like paragraph here is just about like my experience. So I'm, as I say, half Colombian and half French. So my mom is white and my father's um, mixed. He's from Colombia and um, sort of like, especially in this, time where everyone's talking about race and um, identities I just sort of felt like well I don't really know where I fit into this picture you know um, like I definitely just because of the way that I look um, didn't feel like I was white but I also don't really feel felt like I fit in with like Lat Latina or Latinx people you know I don't speak Spanish or I speak very little Spanish and um so that was sort of, I wanted to explore that and um, speak to other people who came from two different backgrounds and how do they feel? How do they fit in? So, uh, you know, I think it's interesting to see visually, like, what do these people look like? Mm -hmm. um, and then also we'll kind of add a little bit of some text behind it. But I think it's like very visual because it's interesting. Um, like this, like my friend here, Pasquale, um, his he's half Mexican and half white. He's also super talented director. One half of Clica. Okay. Shout out. Shout out. But um, <laughs> so he, I mean, because of how he looks, he looks really Mexican. So he's really leaned into that side of him. Mm -hmm. But his brother, 
actually just look, they're the same exact mix, same parents, but his brother looks really white. Mm -hmm. And so he really leaned into that. So it's very interesting, just like visually, like how our appearances are that we connect with one side of our race rather than the other. And, and was so this yeah, like, that's kind of what this. And was it like a daunting project to start, like kind of approaching people to kind of talk to them about their race and things? Or how did you kind of approach like finding subjects, I guess? Um, well, I started out with, I think Pasquale might have been the first person I photographed just because he's a friend of mine. So, and I knew his background and he already like, you know, we, we had talked about it already a lot. So I think I started with him and then it went so well. Um, oh, there's another girl a little lower as a friend of mine. So I kind of just started with friends mm -hmm. and then sort of put out like a casting call, I think just on Instagram to see who else was interested or asked other friends, Do you know, anyone who's mixed. Um, and everyone was really open to it. I mean, obviously, if you're, you know, answering to this casting call and want to do it, you obviously are interested in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everyone was very open to talking about it. And it's really interesting. Like everyone has such different experiences in, um, you know, depending on what they look like or uh, what their backgrounds are or even just their relationship with their parents. Um, it's just all different experiences and yeah, this is a really, uh, this is a really nice series and I definitely want to continue it. I just, I don't know. I just didn't do it last year. Yeah. And I think with each subject, you kind of did like a little interview and kind of talked to them pretty much. Mm -hmm. And is that, do you think there would ever be like a video or audio component with this project down the line? You think? I was thinking of doing an audio. I actually like that. Cause I feel like um you can connect I think you can connect with people visually you know seeing their face and also hearing their voice I feel like it's really um creates like some vulnerability some authenticity so I did kind of think of doing that I guess I'd have to see if I still have all the audio files for these but sort of like where e under each image there'd be just a little audio and you can hit play and then listen to their whole interview I think would be would be really nice yeah, I always like those exhibits at different art 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 uh, exhibits where sometimes it will be like an audio, like you walk up to like a screen or something, and it just adds like a another texture and kind of thing. Yeah, you kind of learn from the project, but yeah, I really enjoy these portraits. Like, is there anything you kind of have taken away from getting to talk to all these different people? Um, there, this different experiences and whatnot. Well, I think what I took away is that um, you know everyone has different experiences. Um, it's not like being mixed is not one sort of um, it's not one same experience, um, but that it's also very beautiful. There's a lot of um, power in, in just like identifying with different cultures. And um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the more there's going to be more and more and more people of mixed race. Like it's not, yeah. you know, race is not such a black and white uh thing pun not intended but yeah yeah no definitely no they're great and i like the approach it seems like it's pretty much it's all kind of natural light with the the approach mm -hmm. of these pretty much right yeah it's all natural light yeah just like very raw we just i we just basically spent like each person maybe 30 minutes walking around taking pictures and then like another hour or something just talking and and i and i did record all of them too 
No, it's no, it was a really great uh, project. Um, another thing I was kind of interested on the business side, I know you're repre- represented by, I believe they're called the Good Brigade, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just kind of curious, like, um, what was kind of your choice with partnering with the rep? Like, what what kind what do they bring to the table for you? And how did you kind of know your rep was like the right fit for you, I guess? So Good Brigade, I've actually known them. It's two um, women who run it and I've known them forever. I've known them since I was shooting weddings. Um, I met them because at the time they were working with Image Source doing like stock photography and um, they were reps there. And one of their photographers had put out this casting call to, they wanted to photograph someone with their dog. And I really loved this. She was like a Grace Chan, I want to say her name. I think it's Grace Chan. She's a really talented pet photographer. And I had a dog at the time. So I like submitted a photo of me and my dog and she took our pictures. And my now rep came with her to the shoots. Wow. And I told her, I was like, oh, I'm doing weddings, but I, I don't know. I'm not really feeling it that much. I, I don't really know what I want to do, but I feel like I want to do something else. And she was like, well, do you want to shoot stock photography? So I haven't mentioned this yet, but I did this shoot stock photography for many years. Wow, I like well. it. Like you doubled in everything. This is great. How about like under underwater photography? Are you into that too? Actually, I haven't done underwater yet. That has to come soon. Oh uh, yeah, I was yes. Yeah, so the the good brigade they kind of got you into the stock world for a little bit. So they got they got me into the stock world for a bit, and you know then they because of that they just followed my work. So they just had you know been following me for a long time. Like we had been in contact for years and years. Then they started the Good Brigade, um, and yeah, then they asked me if I wanted. I think they it was they did the they started the Good Brigade, and I think a year after they started it, they asked me if I wanted to join their roster. And yeah, I was really excited um, just because I already like had that rapport with them. Like I knew they really believed in my work um, and I knew them. And I feel like a lot of people have a misunderstanding of what an agent is. I have a lot of photographers that ask me like, how did you get her? Like, you know, they think that getting an agent means that now the agent is just going to book you a bunch of work. Yeah. And that's not, yeah. Um, you know, to me, my, I love having my agent. I honestly feel like I would never want to not have an agent. I feel like, um, they really helped me with like contracts They comb through all the contracts. They helped me with like budgeting and bids. Um, and they're, it feels like they're kind of a business partner where, you know, we're kind of coming like they helped me brainstorm ideas. They've helped me like with my website layout and design, like what images put up there. Um, and I'm sending them now like a bunch of different commercial campaigns. Like, Oh, I love this campaign. Like, so we're kind of, we work together as a team to develop my, you know, my voice as a photographer and get work. And then also they're just sort of this buffer with the client for like uncomfortable conversations. Like Definitely. they'll take care of that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and that they're also a good resource, you know, if we need like a producer for a job or like hair and makeup or anything, like they're just like a good person that helps me with that as well. So I feel like, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, it's kind of hard to tell like if they're the, I don't think they have ever been the reason why I booked work. I think the reason why I booked work is because the client likes my work and mm-hmm. like found it through, you know, maybe they saw the time magazine cover or something. Um, 
you know, I think that you don't, you book work because you're good at what you do and because you're nurturing relationships and you're putting your work out there all the time. It's not like an agent is just going to magically start booking you work. No, it seems so, like, yeah. yeah, it really is like a team, uh, a team thing where like, it seems like you have a good relationship where you guys, it's kind of like a springboard. Like they kind of help you with ideas and have help kind of have some type of direction. Cause that's like one thing I struggle with, like you want to keep like building and like, like mm-hmm. you said, you want to start doing more commercial work. So it's like good. To, I would imagine to have people to talk to who have different experiences in the business and have their two cents and you can kind of learn from them. They can learn from you. And it's really like a team thing that seems kind of beneficial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's also just someone to keep you accountable to like, some, you know, we do like marketing, like outreach things together. And, and it's, if, I feel like if I was doing that by myself, I might just not be so excited about doing it and maybe not follow through, but then they're like, okay, well, who have you emailed? Like we've emailed this people, you know, they're, they're like, your, they're like your trainer at the gym. They're like, exactly. Two more reps, two more reps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, and I guess the, with the stock stuff, I'm just kind of so curious about it. Cause that's one realm where I don't know a lot about what, what mm-hmm. kind of stuff were you shooting? Um, I don't know if you did it for that long, but like, what did you kind of learn about stock photography in that period? I guess. Stock photography. I mean, it's cool way to make a lot of passive income. Like I I haven't shot stock in a few years, but I'm still getting royalty checks from it every month. So it's a nice way to make some passive income. Um, But I just shot like, like I would just um, cast people in LA casting and shoot different like families, couples. It was mostly just families and couples. So would you? Like. So were you like partner with like a specific like stock agency, and would they kind of give you? Because I have a buddy who does a little bit of it, and they they'll send out like an email every month, like, "Hey, we're looking for X Y Z stuff like that." Or you kind of were you just kind of creating your own stuff? Or how did so you- I was just creating my own stuff sometimes, and it was um, images are licensed with like Getty, mm-hmm. Offset. I feel like there's one more Adobe, maybe I can't remember yep. all of them, but. Um, I would just shoot my own stuff just like well I want to shoot like this cool family or I want to shoot like this couple is like looks really cute like let's shoot them and and sometimes they would have some requests like well we need more like you know middle-aged couples or something like that so then I would just do something in that style yeah yeah it seems like interesting business it's more built on volume rather than maybe like creativity at some point i don't know maybe yeah but it's like no it's super vault you have to shoot a lot of it and it was one of those things where same thing i would shoot a lot of it and then kind of try and send tune into where i'm feeling and i was like i don't like this (laughs) (laughs) i don't feel joyful doing this for sure (laughs) no it's really interesting that you at least you dabbled in it um yeah another project that was really cool i noticed on your website it was a motion project called groove um that people can definitely go check it out i was just kind of curious uh what that was all about it it came out great um thank you but what was that project all about for you oh yeah so that is um super fun i photographed it with my fiance who's a very talented cinematographer or not photographed i guess i directed it he shot it and um yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I'm basically I I my one of my big goals is to build a much larger motion portfolio. Um, and that was just a personal project just sort of to add to my that portfolio. Uh, so just found a couple cool dancers in LA. And I was just like, let's just make a fun dance video in like downtown. <laughs> That's awesome. So you just got you guys just kind of wandered around and shot for a day pretty much. Pretty much. Like I scouted some spots beforehand and then we basically just did exactly that. Just walked around. Oh, and then we had, so it was me, 
it was me, my fiance, and then my brother's girlfriend um, who did the focus pulling. Okay. So it's just kind of a little family affair. And then the two dancers. Um, yeah. And I rented like an area Alexa share grid. Uh, yeah. No, I loved it. It was a good little piece. It was kind of fun and it, it was shot really well. And it almost felt like it could be like an ad for like Apple or like Samsung or something. It just had that. like Right. Yeah. That's was, kind of what I was trying to go for. Like, okay, like what is like my motion, like advertisement style? Yeah. And uh, do you feel like when you're shooting motion work, are you trying to match it to the same kind of style or aesthetic that your still photography is? Or do you kind of view it as two different kind of things? I mean, I kind of, I want to match it in the sense that like the casting is still sort of people that I, you know, what's a better word than like a real people, like just people that are, yeah, I guess like real people that you would just like see out in the world, like same kind of type of people that I like to photograph and also the way that I connect to the person. Um, Cause I think a big part of my photography is really just connecting with my subject and making it like a safe and collaborative space so in that way I'm doing it the same but then in terms of like the visual aesthetic I think I'm still kind of playing around with that I think it might be a little bit more lifestyle than my photography is just because that seems to be the just kind of most easy like fluid organic way to shoot things but um you know especially like right now like this groove project I didn't I was just funding it myself so I didn't have the money to like get a big studio and a bunch of lights and you know all kinds of different things so we're just kind of out in the street with the camera so I think because I'm still sort of starting out in the motion world that restricts or limits like the visual style that I'm going to get out of it no I really liked it there was another motion project you did I'm might what is it called I think was it called born Chevy was that the name of it? oh born a Chevy born and in a Chevy born yeah. in a Chevy and I I couldn't tell if it was like documentary or if it was actually scripted. I think it was scripted, but I couldn't tell. It was a great piece. Uh, Thank you. What was that all about? So that one is a short film. So um, and I shot that one all myself on my iPhone and it was not a documentary it was sort of like on the edge yeah. so I did have a script but it didn't have any dialogue all the dialogue was improvised and I really kept like I I wrote the script for these two people like I really like I, I wanted to I love their relation they're best friends or they were best friends in real life and um I loved their relationship so much and wanted to shoot something around that so I just wrote a prod like wrote something kind of for them mm. so it's almost like teetering on the line of like documentary but it's not it is like a scripted thing no, it is cool. even the names are fake and, oh really yeah. okay yeah it kind yeah. of reminded me of like I don't know if you know like Spike Jones, the director Spike Jones. yeah yeah it's like some of his old music videos there's one I, don't, I forget who it was it was like some dance music video one of his famous ones I'm blanking on the band but it was almost like that it was like I was watching it. I was like, is this documentary or is this real? And it, 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 I kind of liked it. It made me like keep watching it because I was like, I was trying mm -hmm. to figure it out. But uh, yeah, it was a really nice piece. Mm -hmm. do, do you think you'd ever, in terms of filmmaking, would you ever want to make like a, a full length or where do you kind of, what are your kind of hopes and dreams with like filmmaking, I guess? That's one of my goals this year is to write a feature film. Um, and I'm actually working on another short film right now with my cousin. We're not going to shoot it just yet because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, 
And but this one, yeah, I'm working on another short film that's similar. It's going to be like improvised and very much, even though it's it'll be scripted. It's not a documentary. It's like very, very much based on her and her life. I mean, it's basically it is a documentary, but it's not because um, the camera is not like they're not looking into the camera or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but it's very much based on her and her life. So, but that one, I want to shoot it a little bit more like on an Alexa, get like a real sound person, just so, sort of like the born in a Chevy, but more elevated. Um, so that one I'm planning soon. And then, yeah, by the end of this year, my goal is to write a feature film. So writing, writing something you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's I honestly I I don't really enjoy it super much I mean I do enjoy writing but I kind of see the feature film I would write like the idea and an outline and like have characters and then we'll just improvise the dialogue on set I think think that's how they do curb your enthusiasm I've read they do they do they improvise that yeah there's also the two directors that I've been super inspired by is Joe Swanberg Mm-hmm. all of his films are improvised he doesn't have any like real scripts i mean he has like outlines what are some of his films fully improvised. um he did like drinking buddies is a pretty famous one and hannah takes the stairs um he also did the tv show on netflix called easy which is where i first learned about his work um but he's done i don't know how many movies he's done but he's done a lot like way more than almost any director because he does them super low budget. He does not care about what it looks like. And he just, I mean, he just writes an outline. He doesn't write a full script and just like grabs his buddies and just shoots like a feature film he can shoot in like a couple weeks. Yeah. This shows you don't need, (laughs) if you have like a good idea and like a good story, like all the fancy cameras and stuff really don't matter. Like you, Mm -hmm. you can get creative. Like, uh, there's another famous director, I'm blanking on people's names today, but he he switched. He shoots all his movies on iPhone now. Um, oh wow! Right. Um, but it is interesting. What what's like the? Are there any movies or shows you, you watched in the last few months that you really enjoyed? I'm watching. Yeah, I watch a lot of TV. Actually, I wa- I'm right now. I'm watching that show. I may destroy you. Oh, I just binge watched that last night. Oh, okay, nice. It was yeah. It was incredible. Uh, it's this, really good. Yeah, it was intense. The but great storytelling in the cinematography yeah that was amazing mm-hmm. i just saw yeah it. that one's great sound of metal have you seen that i haven't heard of that one. Oh, it's great it's on metal. amazon okay. it's this movie uh that dude rami or something uh, oh yeah yeah um, incre- he's got a show yeah 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 he was okay, just, yeah, yeah. yeah really good um couple more questions i'll let you go uh another shoot i had to pull it up you photographed another cover you're just killing the covers oh, Inter- Inter- entertainment weekly oh, this great. with uh <laughs> sasha barrett cohen um I, I had to ask about this shoot because like he's in a pool i was what's the backstory <laughs> with this shoot this shoot was kind of amazing so this one we did during covid um and uh so he was very like we had to take three tests or maybe yeah I forgot maybe even more a bunch of COVID tests I could only have one assistant mm-hmm. um and we were shooting at his house and he really wanted to keep it very um like anonymous like I couldn't shoot any angles that show any of his house at all yeah makes um sense. keep it private you know yeah yeah so but he was quite a character I mean he was really funny so they basically the editor or me and the editor we didn't want anything like Borat you know we really wanted it to be like about him and 
and just sort of show him in a more, you know, realistic kind of way. Um, but also like, he's very handsome actually. He's like very like debonair, but he doesn't really like to show himself that way, I think. Yeah. So, so um, we had this idea of going into the pool already and we had like a couple other ideas, but he kind of kept shooting down all the ideas. He like didn't like anything. And then of, I guess- What were some of the ideas? <laughs> I think there was one. Oh, there was something. What were some of the ideas? I can't. I know there was something to do with like a protest sign. Got it. That was not my idea. Like someone else had that idea. Mm. I can't remember. There's something with like a mug, like him holding a mug. There's yep. like a lot of different. <laughs> um, and this one, I was excited about the pool. And then I get there, and he said, first he says, "Oh, should I dress up as Borat? Do you want me to do Borat?" <laughs> Oh, like, no. Like, no, 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 we don't want Borat. He's like, okay, well, what about Ali G? Should I do Ali oh, G? Oh, that would have been good. No. I, I, that'd be a hard one to say no to. I love Ali G. <laughs> I was like, no, it's awesome. We just want you. Yeah. And then, then he comes up on the spot. He says, we have a chicken coop. I want to do a photo of like a chicken on my shoulder and it's like shitting on my shoulder. And I was like, that's actually a really cool idea. I like that a lot. <laughs> The funny thing is we shot that picture and like before this came out, I think it's like Hollywood Reporter did the exact same photo with uh, Lakeith like, Stanfield. Yeah. And my editor sent it to me. She's like, well, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but this one ended up being great too. So this, so um, the chicken one, so that one we just came up with last minute. You almost have the like opposite pro problem. Like a lot of times you, you're trying to like convince people to do crazy stuff, but him, you're almost doing, he, he wanted to do all these. He's like, trying to convince And you're me. like, no, no, we want to make this like classic, like straightforward. <laughs> and it's very like, it's it's funny because he's such a big personality, you know? I mean, I'm a, I was a little, I don't know if starstruck is the right name, but like a little intimidated. Mm -hmm. um, and But trying to like stay um assertive you know and it, you're kind of like that like you want to make him feel really good um but you want to stay assertive with your with the vision um and again like I was saying with Kamala okay she didn't want to put her hand to her face that's fine but he would like you know he was just he just didn't understand well yeah it must be because he at the end of the day he, at all. he is a film director himself so he's like right all his movies like he has his finger on every little piece of it so that's probably this ingrained in like who I, he is he was definitely trying to direct this so it was different than someone saying like i don't really like this pose he was really trying to like direct it and it's so it's just and then at one point he brings out a borat a six like a life-size borat cardboard cutout and he's like let's shoot with this <laughs> Oh, and I was like, okay, let's shoot with it. It's fine. So I'm just kind of humoring him, knowing in my head, like, I'm not, we're not going to use these pictures, but I'm trying to make him feel better. So, you know, you're trying to like manage this personality so that you can get something out of him. And sort of the second, so the first half of the shoot was just really intense, like him trying to direct everything and me trying to like figuring out how to like navigate that energy. And then the second half of the day, I feel like he find like he like let go and he like understood, like he trusted me more. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think like the second half of the shoot, he really like let go more. And that's when we got this, this pool shot was like the last thing we did. And he finally was like excited to get in the pool. Cause at first he kept saying, do we need to do the pool? I don't know about the pool. I don't like the pool idea. Yeah. I was like, no, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. And I, and I always tell people like, let's just do it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We delete the pictures, Like, let's just do it. You know? How much, so time, he, how much time did you get with him? 
We had a while. I think I was there for maybe an hour or more. Okay. I think I was there like longer than we had planned just because he kept adding a lot of things. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he and, was down. He was like, let's do this. You know? that, yeah, so. that's good. And mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, you kind of mentioned it. Like the subjects sometimes have their thing they want to do, but then you have your thing. Like, have you always just kind of had that like confidence of like kind of you're I mean you're at the end of the day you're the director on the set you're the photographer you're running the ship but have you always kind of had that confidence and just kind of running the show I guess because I would imagine it can get intimidating I know I've definitely been intimidated by people sometimes where it's like like you're saying like this guy he obviously has some idea in his mind but you're trying to do your job so it's like it's it's like mental gymnastics you know yeah I think it take I I definitely have not always had that confidence. I think it takes practice and mm-hmm. just, um, yeah, just doing it a lot and just doing it enough for like, you know, how to make a good photo, I think. Um, but yeah, and just like, ha- like once you shoot a lot, you start shooting with so many different types of personalities that you just learn how to, how to navigate and figure them out. Um, but I feel like I've always been a people person. Like people have told me they feel really at ease with me. So that's always been part of just my personality, mm-hmm. which I really try to lean on to. So even though you do have to be obviously assertive and confident and a leader, I think that being like very like easygoing and like a people person and, you know, making people feel comfortable and relaxed, like that goes a long way too. Um, it's sort of like the balance of those two things. Yeah, definitely. And I guess to wrap up, like, uh, what what's next for you? Like, uh, anything you're kind of hoping to work on this year, or like anything kind of coming up, or what are you kind of hoping to work on moving forward? I guess. Um, I actually have something super exciting coming up. That's like one of my dream jobs, but I can't say okay. anything about it yet. All right, All right. we'll do episode <laughs> two. Episode two, we'll do a follow up. Episode two. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I really want to focus on like commercial work. Um, I want to shoot a lot more beauty. So that's something I'm working on just doing a lot of personal beauty shoots and directing filmmaking and motion. So those are sort of like, in terms of my work, um, what I'm really going to be focusing on this year. And when you say beauty, um, like, like, you mean like kind of like fashion type thing? That's like, that's like a world like I, I, I'm trying to learn more about it and talk to different p- people in that realm. But like, what is it about the beauty work you, that kind of interests you, I guess? I've just been following a lot of cool beauty photographers, um, Brooke Nipar, Grace Rivera, some of them. And, and so when I say beauty, I mean like sort of these like very close up shots of mm-hmm. women. Sometimes they have makeup. Sometimes it's not, it's like more about the skincare, you know, yeah. which I think previously I thought, oh, well, that sounds kind of cheesy. I don't know if I'm interested in that. Um, but I've seen a lot of these photographers that shoot it just so beautifully and with so much emotion and passion and, um, like vulnerability to the the shots that I just thought, okay, this is cool because I can actually make something that feels artistic and that feels like something that's in my realm and beauty makes a lot of money. So I can kind of listen to all those together. Let's cash some checks. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. So Uh, I'm just like, how can we, I, I, the art is important. Art and commerce. To me, money is very important. I'm trying to, I'm trying to get paid. (laughs) No, I hear you. I hear you. Ain't ain't, ain't nothing wrong with that. 
Uh, well, <laughs> Nolan, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Glad we connected. Uh, my friend, our mutual friend, Cheyenne Ascarnia, he connected. Oh, yeah. He took your photo last week on one of his. Yeah. Uh, anybody go check it out. He's doing a walk series and he photographed you. But uh, yeah, can't thank you enough. And uh, definitely for anybody listening, if they want to check out more of your work, uh, where's the best place for them to go? Um, so they can go to my website, which is my name, nolwensifuentes.com. My Instagram is at nolwensif. And can I just plug something real quick? Plug all you want. Um, thanks. I So I'm also really interested in like helping artists um, become financially, like manage their finances and help build their finances. And I have this whole other Instagram that I started recently that all I do is like videos that talk about this. And it's at don't be dot a starving artist. Okay. So yeah. Oh, say it again. What one more time? Or you can text it to me too. So I'll, I'll text it to you. Yeah. All right. Oh. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm definitely gonna check that out. I have something okay, I've been thinking cool. about more of. I just said I got my IRA going, and I'm like, right, nice. And it's important. You get in the habit. Like, I mean, it's not as sexy as shooting photos and stuff like that, but it's important stuff to do for sure. Yeah, to keep yourself sustainable. Definitely. Well. I appreciate the time and uh, look forward to seeing your work in the future and uh, take care, Nolan. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. So there you have it. That was the Nolan Suafuentes interview. Uh, Just want to thank Nolan so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to her about her journey with photography and all her recent assignments for uh, publications like Rolling Stone and um, Time Magazine. Uh, Really great stuff. So can't thank her enough. Uh, Definitely go check out uh, Nolan's website at nolansafuentes.com as well as on Instagram. You can find her at nolancif. Um, I'll put the links in the descriptions, uh, but definitely go give her a follow on Instagram. She's always posting uh, different things she's working on and whatnot. Um, So, yeah, can't thank her enough. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Um, So definitely go check us out on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button as it'd be much appreciated. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and take care.